Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. I'm going to butcher this, but let's try anyway. Babamus moriendum est, which is a Latin saying from a philosopher named Seneca. It translates to, let us drink, for we must die. The model rests below two crossing smoke wagons over the state of Nevada on the wax label of the smoke wagon bottle. According to their website, smoke wagon interprets the Latin phrase more like, drink and enjoy today because we won't be around forever. When I was a kid, I didn't think much about death. I was lucky enough to only experience death that didn't come with much tragedy. I mean, for my first 15 years of life, most of the death I experienced was very old people that got to live their life. Then, inevitably, I experienced death that was more tragic, death of people taken too early in life. Through these tough experiences, you gain a new sense of appreciation. Naturally, the urgency to appreciate your life and your loved ones begins to numb. And I think this is a very normal occurrence. It would be exhausting to live in that extremely sensitive and hyper-aware state. But it's equally as important to remember that appreciation, and preferably not just during the times of loss or tragedy. We'll dive more into this notion right after a quick message from our sponsor. I mean, it wasn't uh, all that exciting. We just hopped in the truck and drove over to Megabev. But we, the exchange happened in a parking lot. Well, yeah, and Tim the- up his hatchback and slid out the box and showed us the goods, and I slipped him a couple of bills. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And there's a brown bag, and it just says Kyle. No one, I still don't even know what's in it. And Kyle promised to deliver some sort of money. Ironically, did it? Yeah. How does he? Is he taking care of that, Tim? Well, you know what? We have to have a little... Your crew over there is falling apart, my friend. You need to tighten it up. So, But I was going to bring it up with Devin because Devin did bring him in and vouched for him. So the answer is, no, I haven't been paid yet. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we got to hit him up. Oh, well, here's the man himself. Um, Perfect. He's coming. All right, Kyle, you're in trouble. So Kyle, in our, we realized, you know, what, what's happened here is, so we picked up a bottle for you the other day in a parking lot. It was a, it was a, an industrial park of some sort. And yeah. uh, Timmy had some stuff in the back of a truck. To the casual and, uh, observer, it looks it was shaky, a, but to a casual observer circle and you know what's going on, you know, it's all legit. It was, was all there legit. Like a, was there like a weird, like <clears throat> cash exchange of any variety? Yeah, well, that's what we want to talk about. There was, yes. There was some cash exchange, but Timmy, Timmy counted the 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 uh, he counted his uh, piles, and he he felt a little thin. Felt a little thin. And one of the bags had your name on it. It Sounds like a pretty secretive deal here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know exactly what we're talking about. That's what I love about Uh, Kyle the most. He's willing. He rolls with uh, (laughs) cash. Meanwhile, he's getting his phone out. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, my, mine must be broke because I didn't see anything. <laughs> I, 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 I wish those the excuses. Yeah. Uh, so, 
So, Timmy, if, if Kyle hadn't paid, what would you have done? What would be the next steps? Well, Devin's responsible for that. That's, that's up to Devin to decide. Because he brought he brought Kyle into the fold. That's right. And he So you see there's sort of a – He's obliged. Yeah, okay. So Otherwise, a, your father would have to take care of it. So there's a hierarchy here. Do you feel like – well, you are technically the godfather. That is for correct. me, For me, at least. <laughs> yeah, actually, I apologize, Tim. I would have just done the whole thing and then had uh, Kyle pay me if I'd have known, but – did did you break anyone's kneecaps? I mean, or are my kneecaps going to get broken? I guess it depends. My my knees feel like my kneecaps are broken. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk smoke wagon. Juice is sourced from MGP and Indiana. <laughs> Can't get away from it, can you? We're always drinking MGP. Doesn't even matter. We're just drinking different colored bottles of the same juice every week, talking about how they taste different. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what I was talking to Alec. It was like, we were thinking about our conversation with uh, Greg and we were, uh, and we were thinking about how, you know, he said, you walk in the store, he's responsible for, I think Alec said, he read, he re-listened to the interview, 60% of the liquor you find in the, in the store, you know, helping produce that. And so we were like, at some point, what do they have at MGP, five mash bills? Something like that. It's like, it, what's the story? Yeah, all these, all these brands, hundreds of brands coming up with unique stories for five mash bills, all made in the same place. Like at some point, I mean, but the, but the, we're like, so what is it? Like well, the there's more than there's more than just the five mash bills, though, right? Because a lot of people buy MGP barrels and either blend up, blend those barrels, sure, or they blend them with their own stuff, right? Yeah. So either way, you're you're taking your crappy stuff and making it better by adding MGP. I see. That's a good point, actually. I never, I hadn't considered Which, blending. Right. So that takes the variations way out, right? Way past yeah. just five basic. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. I but that, and, and that sort of goes to what my, my conclusion was, the story's in the barrel, you know, the story's mm-hmm. like, each barrel's a story. Forget the mash bill for a second. The smoke wagon I'm drinking, is, it doesn't like have a finish that lingers, but the, the basic taste is not too bad. Which oh, one do you have? Yeah, it's very nice, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just a solid drinking bourbon, right? Yeah, it's yeah, soft and sweet. So, Timmy, I got a question for you. Yes. So you you've done the Infinity Bottle, and you keep you're the one who keeps the best records of sort of what you have and what's in it. Uh-huh. Would you do you think you could blend something that's that would be more uh, like a, a better version of something that you, you you know I don't know could you make a good blend? On purpose? <laughs> um, oh, wow. You know what? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think that, that, like, anything that I did, <laughs> anything that I did, that's I, I got to give you the updates. To me, that's really detailed paperwork I just yeah. saw. That's, that doesn't look detailed at all. You didn't yeah. spend the time on that, did you? Yeah, you need to find love in your life. No, I don't, I don't, think, <laughs> I, I don't think it's, if it's You know what's, you it's know what's funny, though? I'm looking at the bottom of the sheet, and it says, Kyle Balkama, eighty-three forty-five. What's that mean? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's now it's now. Timmy has the money. Uh, in the <laughs> yeah, of, uh, of uh, forty-eight seconds ago. So I thought I thought it, I thought it meant eighty-three proof. I'm sorry, Kyle. I, I paid him a long time ago. It was <laughs> at least a minute ago now. Yeah, I, I heard it hit my phone. So you don't think you can make a good blend, Tim? I think. I, I, Well, Kyle, now that you paid for it, I can drink it. 
Thank you. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yes, I could make a decent blend. There I don't you go. Know. Well, wasn't that kind of timid? Wasn't it's good as like the the Remus repeal, right? Number. Four. Well, I'm not expecting that, but yeah. wasn't that kind of your goal, though, Tim, to try to learn what the different flavor profiles were based yeah. on mash bill and age and all that kind of stuff? Yes, yes. So that's why I hesitated, but I thought, yeah, you know, I could. I think I probably could put some stuff. I'd like to I see you try. Let, let's be honest. By default, bottles, two or three tops. Both infinity bottles are actually pretty good, right? Yeah. By default. So I like them. That's more Alec than us, though, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, why? Because you kind of curated the you curated the yeah, curated it based the on bottle the bottle order. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Kyle, do you think you could make a blend? I think I could, but I think I would cheat. Like my, my thinking so? is no, there's so no cheating when you're blending. That's doing. That's meaning you're trying to do the right thing. Well, I guess my point is like if, if I don't think I would mix like Maker's Mark with Weller with Old Forester and three other random bourbons and make a good bourbon. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there if, if you kind of think about your palate and what you've had, right? So like if I sat here and let's say tasted all of my Buffalo Trace single single store picks, they're a little bit different. I could probably make mix two together and make it better than the two previous, or at least in mm. my mind, what I think is better. Mm. Um, and I guess I've kind of done that before. Like I've been drinking something and been, oh my gosh, you know what this reminds me of? And I'll pull something else and just pour it in there and see what it tastes like. Mm. I, I've done that a couple of times. Um, but again, to me, that's like cheating. Like it, it, it'd be going, okay, I know what I like here. I know what else kind of tastes like this or would add more caramely to it or more nutty to it. And I like the chocolatey over here. So these two together, but I mean, I I don't know if I could go through a warehouse of barrels and do it. Like, I I think that's a totally different animal. Sure. My my palate would be exhausted. Yeah. That's the thing. Even when I was thinking about our 12 year flight, like I almost wish I could one day at a time try uh, those like there, cause there were some I really didn't like, but I was also the entire time anticipating the ones I did like. So it's yeah. hard to like give those a fair shot in a way. Um, and because I don't have like a very, I mean, I feel like I have a, I, I can pull out flavors and I could talk about the way something tastes, but I don't know that I have the world's most discerning palate either. I don't know. It's so, I mean, obviously we're not, none of us are master blenders. So this is more, uh, right. we're more fishermen. We're more, fi- we're more fishermen. Yeah, for fun, well, at least the baiting yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, I, it could be done. And, and to your point, Kyle, I would probably do a weeded bourbon and um, a rye bourbon, but I wouldn't be mixing those mm. in that. Hey, so Craig, I want to tell you the smoke wagon, um, it's a little spicier neat, but over over water or over the ice, it opens up the, the, uh, the sweetness a lot more. I agree. Yeah, I'm trying the 116 proof now. And it's got, like you said, it's got a little spicy sizzle on the front, but uh, very tasty on the back. Mm-hmm. Going going back to the MGP conversation, because yeah. I'm drinking a, a different a, a different MGP, right? This was 119 proof. It'd be really interesting to do an MGP flight. Like pull, again, it's, it would get it would have to time. Yeah, do like a, you know, like a Nulu and a... Mm-hmm smoke wagon and a traverse city whiskey and a you know whatever mm-hmm. it'd be really because i've never tasted them back to back i don't know I'd, I'd like to do it from the ones that are the same mash bill right yeah oh, speaking like, of mash bill 
So the mash bill on these, it's a high rye. You're going to like this. 60 corn, 36 rye, four malted barley. So Smoke Wagon initially wanted to make their own juice, but due to some last minute law changes in Nevada, they had to pivot. Since then, co-owner Aaron Chepanick has become well known for his blending abilities and Smoke Wagon has earned the respect of whiskey consumers. I gotta tell you, I'm really enjoying this Smoke Wagon. You know what? I, I hated it the first time I tried it. Well, no, I gotta tell you, the uncut, unfiltered mm-hmm. is, it, first it smells, it smells like candy, mm. right? Yeah, I don't know about the smell. I don't, I'm not a good sniffer, but it tastes really good. Yeah. No. Dad, do you think that we don't? I I feel like I'm not a good sniffer either. Do you think that we have problems, like with our smell, sense of smell? Is it is Grandpa well, a good sniffer? I mean, you don't seem to have a problem with your sniffer when uh, I'm I'm feeling a little gassy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's mostly from the sound. Well, that's uh, potentially the, the most potent <laughs> potent sense on the earth. <laughs> Got some stink to it, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um I hated it when I first had it, but then I I'm loving it right now. Which yeah. one? Uh, so I have the Smoke Wagon mm-hmm. Small Batch Straight Bourbon oh, yeah. Whiskey. Uh, this black all black bottle with the gold label. For me, what I shared with your dad, the Smoke Wagon Uncut Unfiltered, is delicious. Um, I I know it's not um you know easily available, uh, but I would I would get it again. Yeah, the the regular uh, straight bourbon is good, and it's very actually it's it's you know it's really good. Smoke Wagon has four main whiskey offerings: their straight bourbon whiskey, their small batch straight bourbon whiskey, their uncut and unfiltered, and then they have their private barrel program. Ryan posed the question of when would someone want to have something cut and filtered? Like, was that just a marketing term to entice whiskey drinkers? I like to think of whiskey as a Swiss army knife and that the variety of expressions in a brand are each little tools on the knife. One for drinking neat, one for special occasions, one perfect for cocktails. Now the old ideal of drinking whiskey how you like it is the right way to do it is still true and fair, but there are efficiencies to consider. Kyle tells a story about someone who isn't drinking whiskey wrong, but in my opinion, maybe less effectively. Kyle? It's funny to me too. I mean, there's like certain things that, that the more you get into bourbon and you start realizing what's, what's good, you know, what might be a mixer, um, Mm -hmm. how much you like look at other people differently. So I'll I'll tell you a story. I don't mean how they drink differently. So uh, I was at a bar with a coworker and he was talking to a client of his. Uh, I was kind of on the side and he was chatting, chatting her up and she goes, you know what bourbon I love? I absolutely love Jefferson's ocean. He's like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, do you take it straight or, and she goes, Oh yeah. The only way I can take it is with a pickleback. <laughs> and he goes, what? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I shoot it. And then, you know, but I need pickle juice right afterwards. You know, it's really, and he's like, why are you taking <laughs> Jefferson's ocean? Like you can take a shot of Kessler or something. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like if you're just going to throw it back and then, you know, douse some pickle juice after it, who cares? And I feel like that's how I feel about mixed drinks. It's like if I'm going to throw a Coke with it, why use good bourbon? You yeah. know, what I mean? why use good stuff? Yeah. So, you know what? If you're entertaining somebody, Kyle, right? If you're entertaining somebody and they're, they're not an aficionado or they don't like, you know, straight spirits, but you want to serve them a nice, you know, 
old fashioned or Manhattan, right? Or, you know, you, you're going to pair a bourbon with making that because you want, you, you know, you want to present them with something nice, right? right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And that's, I mean, and, and I learned this from, 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 from your, your, your dad. I mean, I've had people over multiple times that are like, I really want to try, try bourbon. I'm like, okay. And they're like, can I try that one? And they'll pick like my Blanton's gold. And I'm like, sure, <laughs> whatever. And, like they'll take a sip and they're like, oh, I don't really like it. Oh, yeah. Well, get the fuck out of my house. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and, and then I beat them up and I throw them out. Like, but like, you know, they want to drink I mean, it. They want to drink curate it. A flight, a curate a flight for them. You go, you know what? Let's hold off on that. <laughs> Let me show you this. Yeah, we'll, we'll work up to the Blatton's gold. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I recently had some house uh, house guests, someone watching my house, and they had they had a guest, and uh, they said they hadn't they didn't drink any of the bourbon. I offered. I was like, hey, this is. I was like, this little corner maybe don't drink that much of, but the, this corner you can have whatever you want. I was like four or five bottles, and they I asked them I'm like, oh, did you have any of the bourbon? Like I was kind of excited. And they're like, oh no no, you know, maybe a little tequila. But all the bourbons are like down considerably. Like they all feel like, but they're all like even. Like I drink all of them evenly. And I was like, I think you just like drink a little one, drink a little of the other. <laughs> but like I'm gr- I'm gr- glad that he- I was glad. I just wish they had said it and told me what they liked or they well, I didn't get it. They drank right. it as much as I just wish I knew what they enjoyed. Yeah. Maybe they didn't, and maybe I'm just seeing things, but I just it's like bourbon for my bur- like my bourbon on my shelf for the most part. It's like you know how you always kind of know how much money's in your wallet. Yeah. At least I do. I always have a sense of how much cash is in my wallet. Yeah. It's the same with like my bourbon. I have a sense, at least, of how much. Hey, I so have. Ryan, how about this? They drank all your bourbon. They <laughs> mismarked them. Yeah. <laughs> they filled it with some cheap shit. They che- filled them all with cheap shit. I would know. <laughs> okay, good. Can I ask you guys something? Uh-huh. Never mind then. <laughs> so, um, what's up? <laughs> what what's what's your deepest fear? Being sliding down a banister, starting with a little splinter, and losing my nuts halfway down. <laughs> Ever since I was a little child, that's the nightmare I had. Wait, well, say it again, fear. Timmy. What is it? Sliding down a banister, starting catching a little splinter, riding it all the way down. And split your nuts. nuts off. Wow. You just go and you keep fear is? That's your deepest yeah, yeah, fear. Yeah, stuck, yeah you guys aren't going to sleep tonight either, are you? No, I feel it. My fear is getting stuck in the house watching Timmy go down the banister. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> My new fear. Kyle, what were you going to say? You had something too? Yeah, no. The, okay, we actually had this conversation at, at work the other day, which is weird. Ever since I've been a little kid, I have this like terrible fear that I'm gonna somehow end up in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, like like mm-hmm. I'll just be like dropped there, and <laughs> I'll have no way to swim to shore, and there'll be no boat. And like even and like when I was a kid, when I was like in the bath, I used to like put my head underwater, and then I'd freak myself out and like quick look up, and be like yeah, I'm still in the bathtub. Where the like, same Kyle. To this day, like I was on a cruise, and the entire time on the cruise, I thought about like what if I like take 45 steps towards the edge and then jump off and then the cruise ship leaves me behind. And it's like, well, yeah, you wouldn't jump off the cruise ship, but I'm terrified. I felt that too, Kyle. I totally relate to that. I think I have a very similar um, fear. And I, I think it's like, it must be like anxiety related. It's like out of, something out of your control floating in the abyss of nothingness yeah, or something. But I totally feel that. 
My my deepest fear, honestly, though, is that my mouth will turn into a banister. And then my nuts will slide <laughs> down them. My tongue is a splinter. <laughs> <laughs> I fell my, my deepest No, 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 no. We, we support you, Timmy. Okay. I, <laughs> um, no, I, I think mine is probably dark water. Yeah, dark no nothing water not being able to but i mean even in a pool if i swam in a pool at night there's some part of me that still thinks there's a chance that a shark will get me even or in a something. pool or something, something in there yeah. something yeah something that i can't see yeah i'm afraid i'm going to walk downstairs and my bourbon shelf is going to be empty <laughs> so every day to combat that fear you go and buy more <laughs> yeah what about being what about losing your taste like forever. Oh, that would be horrible. Like losing a. Oh, yeah, but a what's his what's his name from um what's the Alinea in Chicago, right? It's Alinea. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the chef Grant whatever lost his his he had cancer of the tongue and yep. lost his taste. He gained most of it back, but it was like two years where he was running. Arguably one of the best restaurants in the world, and he can't taste anything. Like the guy from Scorpions, right? Who had throat cancer. Was, was it the singer? Yeah. Ooh. Same idea, right? But then he survived. Yeah, and he's back singing again, I believe. But wow. yeah, I'm afraid of of house fires and and uh, going blind as well. Oh yeah, which yeah, one's your deepest? Yeah, water. The water is still the deepest. I I work with people who are, you know, blind and do incredible things. So yeah, maybe yeah. I would just miss sight because I've had sight you know, all my life. Yeah. After I, I come out of the bathroom in the morning, the lights are off and I have to feel my way all the way to the laundry basket and then across the room to get in the closet where my clothes are without kicking the dog or bumping into the bed. Yeah. So for about 30 seconds, I feel like I'm a blind guy. Hmm. I feel like I, my fear would be to be a fly on the wall in that room watching you do that with night vision. <laughs> <laughs> What are you holding back? What's your whole, what's your deepest fear? Besides not having a bourbon downstairs? Yeah, like truly, what's something that scares you? Hmm. You never seemed like you were scared of anything growing up. I know. I never thought of you as being scared of something. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, you know. Oh. No, it's there. You know. It's just you're <laughs> yeah. deciding whether to say it or not. No, it's, it's just speaking to your mind, right? You're like, hmm. Well, my, I would, for me, I'm worried that no matter what I do, it's not in the cards for me to be successful to the level I want to be. I feel that. And that is so scary that that could not happen, no matter how hard you try. On that joyful note, we change the subject. Timmy starts telling us about a time he was out hunting for bourbon and came across a bottle my dad might want. He reached out, but my dad didn't respond in time. Bourbon I sent Facebook. you dad a picture and asked him if I should get him one. But, you know, you know how he is with the, uh, he doesn't, the, uh, you know, text thing. He the buttons does. and the thumbs. Yeah. My, my dad's a very busy man. He's, he, listen, he's so busy. He's only been able to say I love you back four times in my life. That's how busy he is. But they were all last week. <laughs> yeah you got a lifetime in a week there buddy 
Hey, at, at least he didn't lie, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just took him a while to come around to you. He had to decide. You know, I actually thought about that. And you guys, listen, you we have three dads on here. Did you love your kid right out of the gate or did it take time? Oh, no. bring it, bringing you home was the weirdest experience in my entire life. <laughs> the nurse, the nurse handed you over to me and I'm like, holy crap, what am I supposed to do now? Because they like take care of you for the first couple of days, right? Sure. Yeah. And then they like, okay, here you go. <laughs> oh man. Well, you were, how old were you? 22? Uh, let's see. 85. I would have been 22. Yeah. I was still experimenting with marijuana. I actually, I wasn't even 22 yet. I was 21. I would have been 22 in a couple of months. That's uh, disgusting. So I was getting my, um, you know, my first visit to the liquor store at the same time I was bringing Ryan home. <laughs> <laughs> and both now here you are drinking bourbon <laughs> weekly with that same monster you brought home. Yeah. Well, That's the thing right. is you wouldn't be able to, cause you'd be so damn old otherwise that, uh, <laughs> What about well, you, Timmy? Did you did, well hold on first? Your dad, did you uh, help out with the girls? Because for me, it was an easy thing. I I'm the oldest, so like taking care of kids from, you know, my baby sister, I did, and you know my brother Matt and that, so it wasn't a big deal. I was very, I felt very confident, although it was a, a wonderful, it was a wonderful feeling. I was not confident for the first 24 hours, but it didn't yeah. take long to, to grow that. Kind yeah, of did, you, right. did you feel love or did you feel uh, you can do it? Oh, it was a, a huge burden. Oh. Yeah, love. <laughs> <laughs> love. Terrifying. Love. No, it was, it was one of those things, Ryan, where you feel that love and you think, oh, my God, I don't know what I'd do without you after that point, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's like a whole, it's, it's a life changer. Yeah, a hundred percent. Really, like, your your priorities completely change in in two seconds. Absolutely, it, it is it is a feeling you can never explain. It's just like literally you're hanging. Out. I mean, I was watching a Michigan basketball game on my laptop two hours before my daughter was born. We're like <laughs> hanging out, holding Miranda's hand. We're like cheering on. Like close the laptop. Actually, this exact same laptop I'm talking to you guys. About. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and literally it's like, yeah, you know, everything is fine and dandy. You're going through life. And then like, literally your, your child's born and everything changes. Like it's totally. just, it's, and it's not, it's, it's love for sure, but it's also like complete and utter terror <laughs> like in, in, a, in a healthy way. Like Craig, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like yeah. all of a sudden, every dollar you made, you need five of them. And every like minute <laughs> you had, you need five more. Like it's just the most unexplainable feeling. But yeah. now, Kyle, can you imagine your life without her at this point? Oh, no, not at all. Right. That's that's the difference. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing <laughs> that Kyle doesn't know yet, though. Right. After they turn about 16 or 17. <laughs> they hate you. Yeah. Then it's all different. Right. No. Yeah. I, I liked yeah, you more hey, when I was older. Kyle with girls, <laughs> you, you move from the center of her universe to somewhere out there in the universe. Yeah, somewhere that doesn't even matter. If you're lucky, then she comes back sooner rather than later. Jimmy, what stage are you in? Do you feel like they, that your kids have come back, or are they still out oh, there in the universe? I, well, I, that's girls I'm talking about. <laughs> I, you know, guys are guys are usually pretty much always there. And then, <laughs> although Josh took a hiatus for a little while, you know, him and his mom, uh, he was trying to 
break away, have his freedom. And mm-hmm, so anyway, mm-hmm. um, but no, yeah, little girls, I think are, you know, daddy's little girls, you're the center of the universe. Then they're out there somewhere in the universe with their friends, their girlfriends, this and that, they find boys, this and that. And then, you know, they come back to you. Yeah. yeah. You know, once they realize that you're the best guy that they ever knew. <laughs> <laughs> And that's important. And then they need a guy again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then the whole process starts over again. Poor girl. It's a roller coaster. We come into this world with our first label, who we are, is either a a son or a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I was a son. And and there's extensions to that, right? Grandson. Son of a what? Pardon me? (laughs) Anyway. We'll talk about Ms. Peters in that way. (laughs) <laughs> that's mary ellen to you <laughs> and then your your next you know if you're lucky you have other titles right your brother and that and you know but then you when you become uh, you know if you become a husband what have you mm-hmm. and when you become a father right you become a father that's a whole different thing yeah and that title and as heavy as the is the head where's the crown yeah that's interesting because you're you're you don't lose that and and you're to to go a little further is your dad and i are both sons and so we are still childlike we get to be at least i feel that way because we are still sons we still have parents right although you have very different relationships with your fathers in a way i think yeah but when when at some point in time they're going to be gone we're no longer sons right Mm -hmm. the next big title in my mind is, you know, your father, mm. right? And you get to be that. You get to be father, grandfather, great-grandfather, right? Yeah, and I mean, then, uh, you guys can speak to it because uh, you're actually dads, but it, it sounds like you're something to other people your whole life, and then all of a sudden you're that thing to someone else. Mm-hmm. Like it sort of flips. So it's like I wonder that's probably – if I experienced that, then I would know what that feeling was like, but that's what it seems like. You're always like, Oh, I, I want to make this person proud or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're the person that someone's going to make proud, but that's not how you feel. And that's just, that seems super I want to, I actually want to, I want to part of the journey. Let me say that you guys, you guys need to have kids so that you can understand what some of my motivation <laughs> was. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know your motivation. Oh, I know your motivation. I think about Grandpa Bayless, dad's dad, talking about, he's said it over the years multiple times now, because there's this like gap period where he sort of like, he didn't leave the family, but he like kind of took some time and there was, you know, five, four or five years where we didn't see him much. And, and, and when I didn't realize it, sort of everyone kind of took it personally, but I didn't realize is it sort of coincides with his, his, both his mother and his brother dying. And the roles that those that that played for him to be the brother, he has other siblings, but to be that particular brother for that particular person and also to be a son. And it was the last of his parents. And he always said he said multiple times, like when his mother died, the feeling that he was suddenly at the top of this thing, that he was the patriarch was so terrifying, overwhelmingly terrifying to him and burdensome that he didn't know how to process it. He didn't know how to deal with it. Because he, like you said, he almost didn't feel worthy of of putting the crown on, or whatever that is. Crown is a stupid analogy, but 
he didn't well, feel no, worthy. Or he, sense. he didn't feel up to the task, I think, and, or, or, or or not worthy of the admiration or love that comes with being the patriarch. Not patriarchy. It, yeah, be, well, now whatever. he's just relaxed and enjoying the opportunity, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, but I bet at first it feels like if you get promoted or something, you feel like it, it's like imposter syndrome. Like, should I really be here? Do I really deserve this? Until it's like all a mind game rather than like what your skills actually are. Mm-hmm. Like you have to mm-hmm. get to it mentally before like, cause your skills, obviously you got promoted. You should be doing that thing. And there'll be a gap of time where you get better at that thing and master it. But at that point, like people are expecting you to do that job, whatever it is. And you feel like, I don't know if I should, how did, if they knew that I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm doing. I'm looking at Kyle's face while you say that. <laughs> no, I, just, I have a really weird side to this to add. And I honestly didn't really think about it too much until we had this conversation. So when my dad passed away, I became the oldest living blood relative on my oh, dad wow. to the family. Oh, wow. And so all of his brothers and sisters were adopted. And oh, wow. so I am the actually only blood descendant of my, of that entire family tree. Wow. And yeah, and I, I love my my family on that side, but it's weird. So when we when I when we had our daughter, when we had Lennon, the comments from all of that side of the family was, oh, my gosh, she looks so much like your grandmother. And oh my, like it was and it's almost like it sounds weird, but it's it's almost like a burden to be in that situation. I get asked by that side of the family all the time, like, how's your health? How are you doing? It's really, really, really strange because there's. Hmm. Well, there's there's a lot that goes along with that. Nobody on that side of the family has lived past fifty two. Really? Um, Whoa. Yeah. So yeah. So it's like this weird. Like I don't. I know. I don't think I'm gonna die by fifty two. I don't feel that way. But um, yeah. So there's there's a weird caveat to that too. Being like the oldest living family member. I think there's a side to that. So um, you need to get busy, Kyle, and have a son before you kick the bucket. A daughter counts just the same. It's not just the name you're passing down. You've already passed down the, the bloodline. Um, but I mean, well, Alec, you asked earlier, my greatest fear, I think my greatest fear is no longer to be able to be called son. Mm. Mm. I think mm. anyone, I think everyone can agree with that. Right. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah I think it goes both ways. Right. I don't know. I'm counting on that insurance money. <laughs> hey, so I got to lighten the mood. <laughs> got real dark there for a minute. All this talk about fatherhood had me thinking about the technology gap from when my dad first had kids to what's available for new parents like Kyle. Did you have like iPads and stuff to like see the kids sleeping? iPads. They had audio, they had audio, just audio yeah. speakers. Uh, we had the little radios. The little two way, or is it one way? Yeah. I mean. For you, I think, Alec. I don't think we had it till you. Ryan, you were like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, no one was even in the room when I was born. We'll check. You, you uh, say that all the time. I walked, into, true. I walked into the crib and picked him up and threw him back down on his pillow and said, shut the hell up. <laughs> I was like, damn. I was, I, was, I need some sleep. You're like, I just got my, I'm just turned 21. I need to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what a bad idea, Dad. Why would you have Actually, a kid so young? Brian, when you were when you were less than a year old, one of my, one of my best life experiences happened. Yeah, impossible. I wasn't alive yet. It was Monday <laughs> night football, nineteen eighty five. The Bears were playing the Vikings. Yes, 
And Jim McMahon was out because he missed a couple of practices with mm-hmm. an injury. Mm-hmm. And the Bears were trailing because uh, Steve Steve Fisher? Steve, what was his name? That's Backup Fuller. quarterback? Fuller, Fuller, Fuller. Fuller. And not, you know, he was un- uneventful at best. Right. And Jim McMahon was chirping in Mike Dick's ear. Let me go, let me go, let me go. Finally, in like the beginning of the third quarter, he relented. And I had you laying across my legs, mm-hmm. patting your backside because you were sleeping, right? And it was comforting. Mm-hmm. Still is. Two out of the first three passes that Jim McMahon made in that game were touchdowns. <laughs> and I woke you up and made you cry because, <laughs> because I started cheering so loud. <laughs> I'm glad that's such an hey, endearing he memory. He spiked you the second time he scored the touchdown. <laughs> I was like, yes, and you went flying up off my lap. Yeah. Hit the fan. ceiling fan. You, the ceiling fan. You hung on like a like a warrior. <laughs> like a hey, something. Well, it explains why I don't care for football. <laughs> no, right. So sometime you like I hate the 1985 Bears, and I don't know why. Monday night football game against the Minnesota Vikings, and you'll see exactly what you were doing when you were about six months old. If I what? Say that again? You weren't even six months, right? It would have been like December. I would have been two two or three months. Right. I was yeah. born in so September, September 1985. October, November, December, three months at the most. Yeah. Yeah. You could have you killed me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, if, if that happened, I could have blamed it on Ditka. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who aren't avid Chicago Bears fans with knowledge of their 1985 Super Bowl run and victory, Ditka is referring to Mike Ditka, the famous head coach of that team. Anyway, looking one last time at the smoke wagon motto, drink for we must die, I'd like to say one last thing. It seems to be one side of the coin of another saying, a saying about how much whiskey we perceive is in our glass. Is it half empty or is it half full? It's a lot of work to make this podcast, but we get to make it. I get to spend time with my dad, my family, and my friends, and once a week to drink whiskey, taste it, and talk about life. So although I don't drink because I'm going to die, I drink because I get to live, because to drink is to live. Okay, I want to leave you with one last, last thing. This episode, we as a group got pretty vulnerable. We joke and laugh to lighten the mood, but it still gets serious, and those things are always easy to talk about. A little whiskey always helps, but I think to end this episode, I want to share a quick story from Timmy. Because after you listen to these, you should feel good and probably a little buzzed. Here's Timmy. Just talking to these guys, and they're all constipated, and they have trouble peeing and stuff like that. So when you guys get older, you'll get that. But I I had breakfast with a couple buddies the other day, and like one of them's like, you know, I have a tough time with urinating, you know. I got to get up in the morning. I got to pee. I get up at night. I get this and that. And mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I just give anything for a good pee, you know? And I'm, yeah. the other guy's going, well, pee, try being all backed up and can't shit. Yeah. Know? Uh, I go to both of them. I said, man, I eat well. I drink a lot of water. I, I get good fiber. So good water and good fiber keeps you regular. So every morning, like clockwork, four o'clock in the morning, I pee yeah. every morning, like clockwork. First thing about five o'clock or about six o'clock. I shit. <laughs> I the about problem that. is I never <laughs> get up before seven o'clock in the morning. 
<laughs> putting images in my head, Tim. Uh, anyway, every, that's, every, that's morning, a good every morning about six o'clock, Timmy, I take a shit too. That's nice. You guys should text each other. My body's not working yet. Immediately after that, I feel wiped. Oh, God. Thanks for listening. I'm Alec Bayless, and this has been another episode of The Bourbon Library. Until next time, to drink is to live. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.